I got a word for you this morning. If you will grab your Bibles. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Edmund's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for all that have taken place today because it is for your glory and your honor. We thank you, Father, for our children. We thank you for Jesus Christ because with him, nothing is impossible. With him, all things are possible. And so as we take this time to fellowship around the greatness of your word, we thank you that your word is life-giving. It is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. It gives us direction when we're lost. It's a compass, Father, in times of trouble. Most of all, Father, it encourages us and lifts us up when we need it. So as we hear the word, I pray that every heart is receptive and my minds are open and our ears will hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And I decrease now so the anointing of God can feed everyone in here the rhema word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Christmas, as most call it, is a time where gifts are purchased, food is served, and family gather together to spend time with each other. Sometimes, though, the purpose of a thing loses its meaning when the origin of its existence is not properly communicated. The real meaning of Christmas can be summarized in four simple words. The birth of Christ. Say that with me. Say the birth of Christ. Today we're going to discover the principles that God used in the birth of Christ that assisted him in fulfilling his purpose that will help us discover our purpose and put us on the pathway to fulfilling our purpose. I'm going to say that again. Today we're going to discover the principles. Say principles. We're going to discover the principles that God used in the birth of Christ that assisted Jesus in fulfilling his purpose. And that's going to help us discover what our purpose is and put us on the pathway for us to fulfill our purpose. So in a nutshell, this morning's message and then the completion of it of next week is going to help anyone understand what their purpose is in life. If you ever ask the Lord, what is my purpose? If you ever tried to figure out, how can I find out what God wants me to do? If you ever wondered in your life, what is God's will for me? Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, you're going to understand when I get done with this. Amen. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. God has purpose in everything that he does. And everything that God created has purpose. And that purpose has a time connected to it. So that that purpose can be fulfilled. Ecclesiastes is found after the book of Proverbs. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Everything God created has purpose connected to it. And that purpose has a time that has been aligned to it. So that the purpose of it can be fulfilled. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. If, you say, if you're there, say, I'm there. All right. It says here, to everything there is a what? There's a what? So everything has a season. And then it goes on to say, and a time to every purpose under heaven. So everything God created has a season. But with that season, there's a time for every purpose. And then if you continue to read, it says there's a time to be born. So if there's a time to be born, remember now, there is a purpose connected to every time. Because we just read here, it says to everything there's a season and a time for every purpose. So anytime there's a purpose for something, God has now connected a time to go with it. And if there's a purpose to be born, that means God knew before you did, you would be here. And he connected a time now for your purpose to be fulfilled. Go to Proverbs chapter 20. Proverbs 20. Each purpose that God has is established by God and his counsel. Proverbs chapter 20. God did not ask anybody's permission when he got ready to do this. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So when God got ready, he said, you know what? I'm going to send Jesus Christ into the earth realm because I love the world so much and I don't want them to perish in their sins. When God assigned a purpose, because everything has a purpose, he did it through his own wisdom and his counsel. Proverbs chapter 20, look in verse 18. It says here, every purpose is established by what? By what? By counsel. Now go to Ephesians chapter 1. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. He says every purpose is established with counsel. Every purpose. In in other words, everything that God's going to do, he starts it out with some counsel. Now that's the problem with most people. When they start out with stuff, they don't start out with counsel. They start out with what they think they want to do. But the scripture tells us clearly, in all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So when it comes down now to my purpose in life, what I need to do is go to the creator of my existence and go to them or him and say, what do you have for me to do? Now, in Ephesians chapter one, if you're there, say I'm there. I want you to write down, write this down. God counsels with himself. God counsels with himself. He doesn't ask anybody. Ephesians chapter 1, look in verse 11 if you're taking notes. I thought this was awesome. Let's look in verse 10. He says that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and on earth, even in him. Verse 11. And and talking about in Christ. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance being, watch this now, predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will. In other words, when God got ready to put you here on this earth, he had already counseled with himself. And then he predestinated you to do something before you got here. Somebody say amen to that. He predestined. That just means predetermined. That means he had already made his mind up on what you're supposed to do, when you were supposed to do it, who you're supposed to do it with. And guess what? He put everything in you to be able to do it. 
Now go to Galatians chapter 4. All you got to do now is go backwards. One book that's right before Ephesians, Galatians chapter 4. God had timing for the purpose of sending Jesus to the earth. And if God, who is a God of principles, functions the same way, if by principle he sent Jesus here with a specific time frame, then he sent us here for a specific time frame. Galatians chapter 4, look in verse 4. It says, but when the fullness of time was come. Notice he said the fullness of time was come. In other words, Jesus didn't come too early and Jesus didn't come too late. See, that's why many of us, we've defined our Christian walk by songs that are not even biblical. He may not come when you want him, but he's. Well, listen, if I need him, I need him now. He said, call up on me and I will answer you. Well, if that's what the Bible says, then that song don't really make no sense. Uh Uh-oh, touch your neighbor, say neighbor. I hope you didn't bring your mama to church. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. Watch this now. It says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. In other words, he sent Jesus when he needed Jesus. Now, sometimes, even like when Jesus' day, sometimes we can jump the gun. Have you ever went and did something that you thought God wanted you to do, and then when you got through doing it, you saw it wasn't God? You know, I had a family last year who uh, the husband felt that God wanted to uh, have them to move from Arlington to a different state. And boy, that, listen, his wife wasn't in agreement with him. She supported him because every good wife should, but she was not in agreement with him. And you don't, you don't move with support. You move with agreement. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they're in agreement? So if you're not in agreement on what you're doing, couple, don't move until you are. Well, they moved anyway. And I'm telling you, they went from prospering all the way down to being on food stamps. Now, go to Luke. What I tell you to go? Luke chapter 2. Go to Luke chapter 2. Because let me show you something. Everybody has the potential to jump the gun. Even Jesus thought he was ready when he really wasn't ready. Luke chapter 2. You say, well, Jesus didn't know he was ready. Well, let me just show you this to you. Luke chapter 2. Look in verse 43. Luke 2, 43. I'm going to use quite a bit of scripture because I want you to see uh, through God's word. How his purpose is manifested in your life. Luke 2, 43. Watch this now. Uh, Look in verse 41. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when Jesus was how old class? How old? He was 12 years old. They went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, they returned. And the child Jesus. Notice they. Now I like the Bible. It didn't say, and Jesus. It said, and the child Jesus, which means that when you are 12, you are a child. He says, and the child Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. Whooping. I'd have got a whooping. I don't know about y'all. Now, be honest in here. If you went somewhere, let's say you went to Oklahoma. You from Oklahoma. And, and you went to Oklahoma for the family reunion, and, but you're from here, and then y'all decided to come back, and, 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 and your kid stayed in Oklahoma. How many would whoop them when you got them? Praise the Lord. I don't know if Jesus got a whooping, but let's see what happened. 
Verse 43, and when they had fulfilled the days, they returned, and the child Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother didn't know it. They supposedly, him being with company, went a whole day's journey, and they looked among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they didn't find him, they turned back again to Jerusalem to seek him. And then, watch this, and it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple in church sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And I don't care if you were in church, you still got a whooping. I remember growing up, I went to church with my grandmother, and I was sitting up there playing inch and winch and spider one Sunday. Oh, my God, you don't play inch and winch and spider in church when you on the front row. Man, she gave me one of these old school pensions. Now, it's already hurting when you just peach somebody. But no, she wasn't satisfied with just peaching me. She wanted to just twist the peach. And then look at you like you better not cry. I ought to have a witness in here somewhere. My God. We need to call CPS on all of our grandparents. Look at verse 45. And when they found him not, they returned to Jerusalem. And it came to pass after three days they didn't see him. They saw him in the temple. Watch this now. Sitting in the midst of doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard them were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why are you dealing with us like this? And behold, thy father and I have sought you with sorrow. Verse 49, and he said unto them, how do you know how are you seeking me? Do you not know I must be about my father's business? Remember now, we read that in the fullness of time, God sent Jesus Christ to do his will. But guess what? There is a season and a time connected to the purpose. And Jesus' purpose was to die. The Bible says that for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he may destroy the works of the wicked one or the devil. So Jesus' purpose was to destroy sin, but it wasn't at 12 years old. Because there's a time connected to your purpose. There's a time for you to quit your job and start your business, but it may not be right now. Especially if you don't have no money. It's a time for you to get married. But if you broke right now, y'all just need to date until you get some more money. Touch your neighbor say, neighbor, I don't know who you're talking to. Watch this now. He said, don't you know I need to be about my father's business? And then in verse 50. They understood him not. And then in verse 51, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. Even though his purpose was to die, it wasn't time to do it right now. And because it wasn't time, he had to go back home with his parents. In other words, I need you to see that God makes no mistakes when it comes to your purpose. And he's going to make sure that the time that's associated with what he's called you to do, he's going to make it undeniably clear when it's time for you to do what you do. 
Now, what I'm going to show you through these double teachings is that God has some principal ways in which he governs his purpose. And so he's done it in Jesus' life. I'm going to show you that he's taken some principles on how to get you connected to your purpose and get you to fulfill it. I'm going to show you there's some principles associated with that. Now, go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Purposes come from God but must be discovered by us. Romans chapter 8. Purposes come from God, but they must be discovered by us. Romans chapter 8, look in verse 28. Everybody knows this verse for the most part. It says now, it says, and we know that all things work together for what? For good. Watch this now. For those that love God and those who are called according to Come on, class. One more time. We're not called for my purpose. We're called for his purpose. And and, and if you want to be dissatisfied in life, keep trying to do your purpose. See, it's not until you submit to the purposes of God for your life that you will find the fulfillment that is already built into his purpose for your life. See, I learned a long time ago that, I, that my, me calling the shots for my own life will li- eventually lead me empty. See, I didn't want to preach. See, I'm a first-generation preacher. See, some of these pastors that I meet, man, their daddy was pastors, their grandfather was pastors, their great-great-grandmother was pastors. You know, all those people passed. No, it ain't like that. I'm the first one. And it wasn't something I wanted to do. But, but see, I got smart early in my walk with God that he was smarter than me. And if that's what he wanted me to do, then I'm going to be happy doing it and I better get to doing it. Notice it says, all things will work together for good for those who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. So guess what? I now am guaranteed that things are going to work out in my life if I am pursuing his purpose for my life. I ain't worried about what's going to happen tomorrow because I'm already built into his purpose for my life and I'm following it. So whatever comes up is on him. Amen. Now, uh, the word purpose there means to set before, to display, or to make known publicly. That's what that word purpose means. So this is how that verse really ought to read. And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to what God has set before them, according to what he has displayed and what he he makes known for them publicly. Because God wants your purpose to be known. And you know what? Contrary to most belief, watch this now. Here's another one of those uh, sayings that people believe. It ain't even the Bible that God works in mysterious. Come on now. Now, that sounds like a spooky God to me. And that's why people get away with not knowing their purpose because they blame it on this spookiness of God. Now, go to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to show you that God really wants you to know what what his will is for your life. Ephesians chapter 1. Are you learning anything this morning? Ephesians chapter 1. God assigns purpose to us once we have been predestined to be born. Okay, here's the deal. God already knows when you're going to be born, who your parents are, where they live, and the conditions surrounding you. 
That means because God has built into everybody's purpose success. Say success. The Bible says God always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. So guess what? God has built into everybody's purpose the ability to win. So listen, it ain't your parents and who they were or not that determines if you win. It's your connection to your purpose that determines if you win. Watch this now. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. Here's my point. God assigns purpose to us once we have been predestined to be born. Watch this now. We read this earlier. It says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his will. The word predestinated there means to determine beforehand. The Amplified Bible says he planned for the maturity of times and the climax of the ages to unify all things and head them up and consummate them in Christ. Both things in heaven and things on earth in him also we were made God's heritage portion and we obtained an inheritance for we had been foreordained, chosen and appointed beforehand in according with his purpose. Who works out everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his own will. God predetermined for you to be where you are. Now go to Acts chapter 22. Go to Acts 22. You know what? God, his purpose for our lives is discovered by first of all us knowing his will. See you got God's purpose and then you have God's will. See God's purpose is what he wants you to do. And his will is the plan that you're in so he can do it. In other words, God has, you know, people say God's will. That means the whole plan and scope of what God wants to do. But then in his will, he's got purpose for you. Now, Acts, what I tell you to go? Acts 22. Look in Acts 22. Write down verse 14 if you're taking notes. God wants us to know his will for our lives. That's the point I'm about to show you now with this verse I'm about to read. He wants us to know his will. He don't want us to guess his will. He don't want us to, want us to wonder about his will. He wants us to know his will for our lives. Act 22, look at verse 14. And it says, well, look at verse 13. And he came, he came unto me and he stood and he said, Brother Saul, talking about Saul, he says, receive your sight. And in the same hour, I looked upon him and he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you that you should know his what? He said, God has chosen you and God wants you to know his will and see that the just one should hear the voice of his mouth. God, listen, through the scriptures now, Saul at that time. Did not understand God's will for his life. He was actually doing something thinking God wanted him to do it. And finally, he had an experience on the Damascus road where he was on his way to kill some Christians. And God said, hold up, hold up. No, no, no. You're not supposed to be killing people. You're supposed to be teaching them. And so he says to him now through this man of God, he says, now, Saul, I want you to know God's will. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, God wants you to know his will. Now go back to Ephesians. I, t- t- I should have told you to keep your hand up. Go back to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. God's will is good and will bring pleasure into your life. See, I don't know why. How many were raised to think that when anything God wanted you to do was not going to make you happy? Come on, be honest. I mean, it was like, ooh. See, I used to think, man, God was going to, you know, if I became a preacher, he was going to tell me to go to Africa. 
Now see, I know I'm African-American, but I didn't want to go to Africa. Because you got to get all those shots to go out there. I'm not in the shots. So I ain't going right now. I'll send you, but I ain't going. Well, I used to think that God was going to make you marry somebody you didn't even love. You know, it was, subtle, it, was, it was really subtly planted in my mind that God, his will was really not going to make me happy. And I'm going to tell you why it's planted in your mind. Because if it wasn't planted in your mind, you wouldn't be fighting God so much. See, you would easily let that man go that you know you're not supposed to be marrying if you really knew that God's will for you was not to marry him. See, you would really, really not be out there having sex just like you are a sex machine if you really believed that God wanted you to be celibate until you're married. If you really believe that, you wouldn't be doing the opposite. See, doing the opposite is fighting his will. Okay, watch this. Ephesians chapter 1. What did I tell you to go? Did I tell you where to go? Ephesians chapter 1, look at verse 5. Let me show you that God's will is going to bring happiness into your life. Ephesians 1, 5. It says now, look at verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Verse 5. Having predetermined, predestinated us into the adoption of, adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Watch this. According to the good pleasure of his will. God's will will bring pleasure in your life. His will is good. It's not bad. And when you learn how to submit to his will, eventually it will produce happiness for your life. Now, how is it, is God's will made known? I'm glad you asked me. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Go to Colossians chapter 1. God's will, I want you to write this point down. It's a very powerful point. God's will is known through wisdom and it's discerned through spiritual understanding. I'm going to say that again. I need you to write this point down. God's will is known through wisdom. Say wisdom. His will is known through wisdom and it's, and it's discerned through spiritual understanding. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, look in verse 9. It says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Stop right there. What do you want us to be? Feel with the knowledge of his will. Say that with me. Say, feel with the knowledge of his will. Say it again. Say it again. God wants us filled with the knowledge of his will. He's not trying to hide his will from you. He wants you to be filled with his will. It says now, be filled with the knowledge of his will. Watch this now. Where did I stop off at? Okay. Being filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. In other words, God's will is not going to come through a carnal mind. If you don't start renewing your mind and watch this changing the spiritual condition of your mind. If you don't start changing it, you will never find God's will because God's will is going to come through spiritual discernment. Somebody go over now to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let me show you what I just said. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. See, God's will ain't going to come through you sitting up there watching Burger King commercials. God's will. I love football. But it ain't going to come through me watching football. 
Amen. Now, I might get enjoyment from watching football. I, I, I get enjoyment. How many enjoyed the game last night? Praise yeah. the Lord. Praise the Lord. I enjoyed that game. Yeah. yeah. Praise the Lord. Good for you. <laughs> who are you rooting for? Praise the Lord. If you ain't for the Cowboys, who, who don't like the Cowboys? Raise your hand. Security! <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. Watch this now. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You cannot keep a carnal mind and discover God's will for your life. Look in verse 11, and then I'm going to jump to verse 14. He says, for what knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man which is in him? Even so, the things of God and his will knows no man but the spirit of God. Verse 14, but the natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God because they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know the things of God because they must be spiritually discerned. You got to keep your mind in a spiritual state to hear from God. Now, go to Romans quickly, Romans chapter 12. See, let me explain this to you. A renewed mind is critical to hear the voice of God. Romans chapter 12, Romans 12, look in verse 2. He says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because when you renew your mind, you will be able to prove what is good, what is acceptable, and you will know the perfect will of God. In order for you to know God's will and purpose for your life, you must keep your mind in a spiritual state. That's why it's, listen, the devil wants you to get off track. He wants you to backslide. He wants you to stop reading your Bible. He wants you to stop praying because those are the things that keep your mind spiritual. And the only way you're going to know God's will and to know what's acceptable, and to, do the, to do that, you got to keep your mind right. You know, they had an old school song, woke up this morning with my mind. Come on down, sing it. Say on Jesus. Well, hey, 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 hey. Okay, don't backslide on me now. Don't backslide on me. Now, that was a good song. Because sometimes we wake up in the morning and our mind ain't on Jesus. Our mind on those bills. That's why we're getting up and going to work. But for you to know the will of God, you got to keep your mind in a spiritual state. And the only way that that's going to happen, you got to renew your mind with the word. Somebody say amen to that. Now, go to John 14. Now, you know what? I am out of time. It's 1130. So I'm going to stop right here. I think that's a good spot to start. Stop. Is that a good spot to stop right there? Wait a minute now. What's wrong with y'all this morning? I gave you 30 minutes. That was 30 minutes. Did y'all learn something though? Are y'all going to be mad at me if I stop? Well, y'all just going to have to be mad then. (laughs) Y'all just going to have to be mad. Okay, let me tell you what I'm going to show you next week. Next week, everybody say pattern. Everybody say principles. 
See, there are some patterns that God has placed in his word that if we follow the pattern, we can receive the promise from the principles. And I'm going to show you, we're going to examine the life of Jesus, and I'm going to show you some patterns that God used to help Jesus discover his will for his life. And all we have to do is apply those same principles and follow those same patterns, and we're going to get the same promises. If you learned something this morning, give the Lord a hand clap if you would. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be.